The reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. It can be found on page 1144 in the Pew Bibles, should you wish to follow. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The reading is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. The calling of the first disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O 
I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So they left everything and followed him. So reads the gospel set for tonight. If we needed any encouragement as to what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then surely the gospel reading that we've just heard gives it to us, the calling of those first disciples. But like us, their calling is filled with some human anxiety. So Simon Peter, when Jesus says to him, set out into the deep, what's his first reaction is, why should I do that? Don't you know I've been fishing all the time and caught nothing? But if you want me to do it, I will. You can feel him feeling, I'm going to prove him wrong wrong once and for all. I'm a fisherman, he won't know what to do. And of course he goes, sets out, and they catch fish. And they come back, and then they leave everything and follow him. So he invites us, his people, us as individuals, us as community, to leave everything and follow him. But what does that mean? Does it mean we have to leave everything we've got? Or does it perhaps say to us, where is your priority to be in the future? And I think that's what Jesus asks of anybody who comes to be confirmed. What is your priority in life? Is it you? Or is it me? Says Jesus. Is it your life? Or is it the life of my world? And every disciple has to answer that question. What matters most, you or him? Your life or his world? And Jesus says there's only one answer to a disciple. What matters most is him. Not your love for him, but his love for you. Jesus' love for each of you. So I want to begin by saying to you, this is nothing to do with you tonight, really. You will be making promises. Of course you will. But the greater and greatest promise of all is God's promise to you. That whatever you do with your life, wherever it will take you, he will love you to the end. Love you so much, he simply wants you, me, us, to share this love with others. But then he says, is it your life or the life of my world? And of course, our life is important to us. Of course, Human relationships are important to us. But Jesus says, you find life, the true meaning of life, when you forget it and live for the sake of other people, live for the world. So you, as disciples of Jesus Christ, are being asked tonight, will you allow your life to be a sign to the world of that love which Jesus has for you? Now, in human terms, just like Simon Peter, you probably want to say, not me, Gov. Surely somebody else is better at it than I am, or I'm not good enough, or I've tried it before and it never worked. He's not asking of you perfection. That's the worst thing, the last thing he's asking. What he's asking of you and of me is, will you try? Will you try to allow my love for you to spill out into the world around you, and most particularly into those parts of the world in which there is darkness and human need? Will you live in such a way that the people amongst whom you live and work will see in you something of this extraordinary, 
undeserved love that God in Jesus Christ has for you and for us. And like those first disciples, you don't have to do this in word, but in action. The way you live from now on will be a sign to the world of what you are about tonight. So I want to say to you three very important things. First, for each of you, tonight marks a very important step on your journey of faith. I hope and pray it won't be the last one. In other words, being confirmed isn't like passing some sort of, you know, celestial exam. Tick the box, done that, finished, goodbye. It's the next step for the rest of your life of living faith and sharing it. So secondly, I want to say to you, keep growing. Keep growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. There is no sadder person in this world to meet than a Christian who gives the impression they know it all, know it's all, are of no use to anybody. So whatever you do, don't become a smug Christian. And if you're ever tempted to it, remember, that's why God has given you the rest of us. Because we know you're not that sort of person. Perfect. We know when you're going to be smug about it. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be a Christian who's growing and developing and changing. Be a Christian who is interesting to other people. Not in the knowledge you have, but in your willingness to share your experience of Jesus Christ. Grow and be a person who will share that faith. And thirdly, and perhaps equally if not more importantly, like those first disciples, the Simon Peter, the Andrew, the James, the John, and all of them, they eventually got it. They realized what Jesus was all about. Not just a journey for them, not just a magic wand that was going to make it wonderful, but it was simply an invitation to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. To serve regardless in many ways of the cost to you and to me. That's the question. Who do you love more? Where is your priority? You or Jesus Christ? Is it your life or the life of the world? In human terms, you will never succeed. But remember... You didn't have to do it on your own. That's what tonight is about. Through the laying on of my hands and our simple but very heartfelt prayer for you, you will receive tonight the very energy of God himself, who we call the Holy Spirit. Here is God giving himself to you afresh tonight and willing that his gift will grow in you. So my final word to you is, Never be afraid to ask for the power of God's Holy Spirit. If you ask, he will come. He will strengthen you. He will help you bear your witness. And so tonight, in one sense, like those first disciples, you are leaving everything behind. All the old life. And you are simply saying, I'm going to come and follow you. And be the disciple you want me to be for the sake of your world and my blessing on each of you tonight 
And my prayer for you, that you're not only enjoy tonight, but that this gift, this energy of God will grow in you such that the community around you will long to know more, long to ask you, why are you like the person you are now? And when they ask you, don't ever be afraid to tell them. It's not you, it's that love of Jesus in you for the sake of the world. May God bless you richly tonight. Amen. We're going to sing our next song, Seated Together. And as we sing it, I hope you will use it as a prayer for these great disciples who now stand before us, ready to be baptised and to be confirmed. Pray for them and encourage them on the journey of faith as together we sing the praises of God.